from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. We're coming to you from National Headquarters of the Salvation Army in the United States of America in Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. And today with me is our good, wonderful, wise old owl and editorial director, Mr. Jeff McDonald. Greetings there, sir. Good to be with you. And it's great, just great to be with the uh, literary folks. And, you know, so much of what we do is about, you know, certainly we do research, but also keeping your ear to the ground and going by your instincts and trying to reveal what's important in our work. Well, we're very grateful for the opportunities that God has given us through the Salvation Army to be able to explore that over the years as we're celebrating 140 years of existence of this magazine. We're very proud to be a part of that and that we continue uh, the tradition of telling the, the good news, the story of Jesus Christ, and also the story of what the Salvation Army is doing across this nation and across the world as well in these very, very interesting times. Also with us today is our wonderful producer, Elizabeth. Hello there. And how are things in your part of the world today? So totally swell. You know, Elizabeth, be honest with me. Do you ever have a bad day? Just a bad, rotten, no good day? Well, the days come and go. <laughs> but you can't remember them. No, they're in the past. They're in the past. <laughs> oh, how much we love your attitude. And thank you for all that you're doing. Jeff, before, well, yes, I, inter- before I introduce our guest, uh, here we are. Uh, we're broadcasting uh, now into the dead of winter here in the mid-Atlantic region. We've just experienced at the time of this recording, we experienced a three day snowstorm. It was so exciting. I was so excited, but I'm wondering because I know our listeners are clamoring for this. Do you have a quote? I do have one that's appropriate. I think for our special guests who we're looking forward to speaking with, uh, I'm not going to quote Elizabeth. I want to one day feel totally swell. I don't know what that feels like, (laughs) but, but, before that, so here's a quote for us. Inspiration is wonderful when it happens, but the writer must develop an approach for the rest of the time. The wait is simply too long. That's Leonard Bernstein. Very, you know, I, every time you read those quotes, I just kind of like pause and go, wow, we can deconstruct that. We, could, we should probably do a podcast on quotes. Wouldn't that be <laughs> Well, you understand it because you're involved in writing. So you know what that's about. Right. And As our special guest is. Our special guest is involved in writing. And let's get to our special guest. Today with us, we are so thrilled to introduce to you, our dear listeners and readers of The War Cry, our new author for our spiritual formation section, uh, who will be contributing, has already contributed, and will be working with us all the way through this year. Uh, with us is Captain Emmanuel Masengo. Uh, Captain Masango, along with his wife, Jennifer, and three lovely boys are the core officers in the great uh, state of California and the city, the capital city of California, Sacramento, at Sacramento Citadel. And you can see the Masangos every Sunday 
And even sometimes midweek, they have a very great presence online and a great worship service uh, that they bring every day. But we're so great, grateful that, Captain, uh, you're with us today. Welcome to the Fight for Good podcast. Uh, thank you, Colonel. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Now, I'm not going to tell everybody all of your secrets as one of your former uh, instructors. I don't think you ever fell asleep in my class. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I tried not to. And you were too alert. You would always notice if somebody fell asleep. So I'd stay yeah. awake. Yeah, you kind of, kind of, even today, you know, I can, I, I know when I'm talking to Jeff McDonald and he's sleeping with his eyes open, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> I don't call him out. Well, why don't you tell our captain, tell, tell everybody, uh, all our listeners a little bit about your background of where, where you were born, uh, how you came to Christ and how you came to Sacramento. Oh, for sure. Um, well, I was born and raised in the country of Zimbabwe, which is in Southern Africa. Um, uh, by the grace of God, my whole family, uh, the part of the family that were Christian, actually went to Salvation Army Church. Uh, so I came to know the Lord. Um, I, I did a sinner's prayer a bunch of times, I think, before I was 13. But when I was 13, that's when I finally uh, made that serious commitment of completely surrendering my life to the Lord. Um, my uh, church and worship life was a lot of fun, but my whole home life was very difficult. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic, uh, was very abusive. Uh, we were very poor. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, my four siblings and I, plus our parents, lived in two rooms, not a two-bedroom house, but in two rooms for most of my life. So a really rough childhood. Uh, but uh, God came to me and gave me hope, even in the midst of that situation. And then when I was a teenager, I started feeling like God is calling me to the ministry, and I had a whole different plan. I was going to go to college, work in business, you know, serve the Lord, but only on a part-time basis. I guess that was my bargain with God. Uh, obviously, God uh, did not have me have my way because now I'm serving as a Salvation Army officer. Um, I moved to the U.S. in 2002, uh, initially just coming for a visit. Uh, but after I came here, I really f finally started to say, okay, God, if this is the way you want me to serve you, I will do it. Um, so maybe I think in 2006, I, you know, my wife and I went to the officer training college and we graduated in 2008. Uh, and now in Sacramento, this is our third appointment uh, and doing our fourth year of our third appointment. Um, I love the Lord. I love, love my family. I really, really love ministry. Uh, and I thank God for his patience with me for those years that I was trying to do my own thing. Uh, he continued to pursue me. And now this uh, fun opportunity to be able to share um, part of the passion that God has given me through writing. One of my joys is seeing this spiritual formation section of our War Cry magazine kind of come alive. And um, I, I started it uh, when I took over the uh, role as editor-in-chief, and I've just really felt it was it was important that there would be one segment of our magazine devoted to soul care and, you know, helping the reader focus on their own, um, you know, journey. And we've had a, a, a couple of uh, other, uh, we had Major Nancy Helms and we had uh, Carrie Nem Nemeth, uh, were other previous writers to the section and we'll probably be circling back and having them write on some other things. It's a good entry uh, way to, uh, to write. And I'm just wondering when you 
when you thought about this assignment, because you know, I you and I talked about about this. You, the Lord, just kind of popped you into my mind because uh, I I have tremendous respect for you uh, as a, a man of God, as a pastor, and and recalling your voice as a student in the past as a cadet. Uh, but I'm I'm wondering what what are some of the goals that that you're kind of seeing, or maybe your own vision with this page uh, as you write uh, in months to come uh, for our readers to experience? Um, you know, when once you guys reached out to me about writing, I was excited, and then I got really scared afterwards, uh, which always happens whenever I'm asked to do something for the Lord. I get excited and I get scared. Uh, but when I was thinking about it and praying about it, I really felt like God was, I wanted me to write about grace. Uh, grace is a word we hear a lot about, probably if you've been around church for any length length of time. But it's a word that can also be hard to not just understand, but to actually live out. Uh, over the last couple of years, personally, I felt like God is challenging me to be a person who is not just talking about things, but actually living them out. Um, I know as a church, we always talk about it's good to be in the scriptures, memorize the scriptures. But if we memorize the scriptures or theological concepts without actually living them out, we haven't done anything. <laughs> we are not going to grow and we're not going to be able to help others, um, impact others for Christ. Um, so when God brought this concept of grace to me, I thought it was an opportunity to, to talk about grace, but then actually live it out. So uh, each time we have a new, new installment, it's building upon each other. Uh, like the first uh, installment was just talking about what is grace. I know we've heard the word before, but what really is it? Uh, and then on, in the February issue, uh, talking about you know saving grace, uh, because grace is not just the thing we see from a distance. We can actually experience it ourselves uh, through God's salvation. Uh, so um, I'm looking forward to, to the rest of the installments as we hopefully build on this concept, not just head knowledge, but actually living it out in our lives. Really appreciate that, Colonel. I'm glad you gave you your, the background of the spiritual formation page. I know that lately the evangelical community at large is, you know, concerned that you know the emphasis on conversion is important, but what happens after that, and how important uh, growth is. And uh, I guess, Captain Sego, it's really impossible to overemphasize the importance of grace. Um, and you do it well. You 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 take common examples such as the, you know, the remaking and remodeling shows on TV and Les Miserables you refer to in this February issue. You know, those are interesting segues. Um, I'm just wondering, given your background, you've come a long way, uh, and in this culture, we're becoming more aware of the need to reach across divides, whether it be cultural, racial, political, and be open to and appreciative of diversity. From your perspective, how can the army or the culture at large best achieve this? Um, I think the starting point has to be listening. Um, that's something that's come out, I think, in a lot of discussions over the last year. Uh, just taking the time to listen to others. Because a lot of times when we get into situations, we want to tell people what we know, what we feel, our opinions, and don't really listen to others. Uh, whereas when we stop and listen to somebody else's story, where they've been, what they've experienced, uh, we know it has helped shape who they are today. But if we don't stop to listen, we keep pushing our own agenda or maybe saying, why are they like that? Why are they acting that way? 
uh, we miss out when we don't listen to people. So uh, for me, um, going back to my childhood, as difficult as it was, there were people that showed me grace where family members that when we didn't have food or clothing, they would just provide. They could sit there and say, well, what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with these parents? I, you know, there's obviously something wrong, you know, with, with uh, say, my dad was abusive and alcoholic, but the people didn't want me to explain my whole story. They realized, wow, this person is in need. So by grace, they moved in and helped. Um, so when we stop to listen, when we stop to understand other people, we begin to actually practice grace, offer them grace, extending grace versus wondering what's wrong with you or get your life together. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking, you know, focusing on grace lately in Paul's writing and how this is a whole new reality that God has ushered in through Jesus for us. And, you know, we can't take for granted today that people have a rudimentary knowledge of the Bible and the Judeo-Christian perspective. How do you reach people with the good news in light of this reality? Um, again, it's going to sound like I'm saying the same thing, taking the time to listen. Um, I've heard a quote that says, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, and I think when we show that we care for, for people, when we offer them grace, when we extend grace, it helps them to say, okay, maybe I'll listen to the message that you have uh, because you have shown me grace. Um, you know, we talked about the definition of grace being undeserved favor. We don't have to earn it. Um, uh, you know, in the West, and I'm going to say we because I've been living in the West for a while now, we always talk about working hard, pulling ourselves up. Like we always talk about working hard and earning things, earning money, earning a promotion, earning positions. But grace has got nothing to do with what you earn. It's everything that you have not earned. And so when we reach out to people with love, uh, unconditional love, they haven't earned it. They cannot earn it. But when we give it to them, then it makes them think, wow, I want to be like that person. Or oh, they said they're in influenced by the Bible or by Jesus's teachings. How can I learn something from them? So it's really got to come down to us listening to people, extending grace. Then people respond uh, to that grace. Your conversation, the conversation just, you know, can lead to other things. And I'm just wondering what, uh, what is working as at your Sacramento core? What is working in terms of reaching out to the community and, and making that impact? I uh, you know a lot of exciting things. Um, one of my favorite stories, and it really started before my time here, uh, is with a family that's now a very committed part of our church. Um, the dad came in through our, our adult rehabilitation center. Um, and when we graduated, he decided to keep coming to the church. Uh, the church embraced him, embraced his family. Maybe rather than looking at, well, where have you been? You've made all these mistakes. People just embrace him and his family. And since we've been here, I've been able to, uh, I was able to write a recommendation for some of his immigration paperwork, um, able to work with him through some some challenges in their marriage, just just being there for people. Uh, and something that really blew my mind one time, we're in a Sunday school class, and somebody said, hey, who do you admire? Who do, what's the person you look up to? And the wife said, uh, um, you know, referred to my wife as her hero. And we've been here like at that point, maybe a year, year and a half. Um, so when we live lives of grace, we impact people and we become their heroes, not because we're trying to be, 
but because we're modeling what it is to love people unconditionally and to offer and extend grace. Uh, we've had this family at our house, you know, kids jumping on the trampoline. <laughs> in fact, we were joking because uh, one of the youngest uh, children said, hey, when are we coming to your house again? I'm like, wow, you can invite yourself? That's exciting. You know, for me, being from uh, Africa, you know, you don't usually tell people I'm coming to your house this day or can you please invite me? You just show up at the door and people let you in, they give you food. Um, and that's kind of different from the Western mindset. We got our schedules, we got our, you know, we got to invite you before you come in. Um, but when we open up our hearts, open up our doors like that, ministry happens, miracles happen. God is doing something through us and we get to play a small part of it. I, I was watching uh, you uh, frantically and your wife frantically trying to keep your trampoline in place. Uh, you were <laughs> doing some uh, live Facebook uh, things last week in the midst of a pretty big windstorm there in Sacramento. Were you able to save the trampoline? Tell We need to know. <laughs> yeah, this was an adventure. And my wife goes, oh, I'm going to put this on Facebook. I'm like, okay, honey, let's do the work. Um, so <laughs> it was so hard. The two of us trying to get a 15-foot trampoline back in over our fence. I don't even know how it happened. But thankfully, our neighbors came over um, and said, oh, do you guys want some help? All we were going to do was just tie this thing down to a tree until the next morning. Uh, but our neighbors came over and uh, we were able to open the side gate and drag it in. The thing is broken now. Now we got to figure out how to get rid of the, <laughs> the junk metal. The kids are sad because they've been playing on this thing forever. Um, but yeah, and I guess, you know, right there, you can see people jumping in to help. We didn't even ask these neighbors. They just walked over at 11 PM and said, do you need any help? And we're, we said, oh yes, please. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really curious and, uh, having an opportunity to talk to different core officers and, and this isn't on our a question, uh, on our question list here, but I'm, I'm just wondering, Captain, how do you keep kind of clarity in, in your thought process with all this chaos that's happening ar around the political unrest, uh, the economic issues, the, the, the everything that the pandemic is bringing down on it. How have you been able to kind of just stay clear in your thinking and, and uh, kind of stay, staying focused? You know, it's been um, the grace of God uh, one of the things my wife and I decided to do is focusing on what can we do. It's easy to focus on what we can't do, you know, can't eat in a restaurant. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's one of the most frustrating things about this season is we can come up with a long list of what we cannot do. Uh, so we decided, what can we do? We can't meet for church in person. We're going to meet uh, you know, have church online. We can still reach people that way. Um, so that really helped, I know, for myself to to be focused is, okay, what can we do? We can still love people, reach people, uh, drop some bread off on their front porch and, you know, call them and say, hey, we got a surprise for you. Um, yeah. And then the other thing, just looking at, you know, this is suffering. Again, for me, having grown up in a different culture, we almost don't realize how much suffering is going on around you. But that is also built in some resilience within us without maybe even knowing it. Uh, so part of the things for us has been saying, okay, this is a season of suffering. We all want it to last 24 hours and we move on. Uh, 10 months later, we're still here. Um, so that has helped me uh, decide I'm going to focus on the Lord even more. Because really our faith 
is not seen just when life is good. It's especially seen when life is upside down. Uh, it's not the, you know, my blessings are flowing everywhere type thing we always talk about in the seasons. We're looking at everything that's not going right. But when we focus on the Lord and say, okay, God, how can you grow my faith in the season of suffering? How can you grow our church? Um, we decided during the season, or really observed really, that our church may not grow in terms of numbers, but I hope we can grow in terms of depth, because really it's about deepening our relationship, our walk with Christ, our our trust in Him. When you know families around us are unable to pay their bills, or you know scared about COVID, or they've had you know lost loved ones, we have had to say, "Okay, God, You're God." when we're singing at the top of the mountain or your God when we're walking through the darkest valley. And I feel like as a church that we've we've been able to see that depth and uh, hopefully for, for my wife and my family that people can see us growing in that depth as well. I would encourage our listeners if you're looking for you know, maybe something different on a Sunday, maybe a different church experience. And, and most of us, I know, Jeff, uh, you and I are experiencing church online. You know, we go to different sort. I go to different core, and I, I go to my core in Alexandria. But I look around. But I have to say, Captain, I really am blessed when whenever I tune in and see you, and Captain Jennifer, what you, how you're ministering to the people in your congregation and to the city of uh, Sacramento. Just know that what you're saying is uh, it has a little bit broader uh, geographical uh, reach, other than the city limits of. Sacramento. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm um, just curious. Um, well, I mean, in the West, our emphasis on individualism is so strong. Uh, we have much to learn from the idea of community. Um, that must be quite a, must have been quite an adjustment for you coming to this culture, I imagine. Oh, yes. Uh, I've been around for, I know, 16 years or something now, but I still get surprised every once in a while. Um, we In Zimbabwe, we talk about we. Uh, you don't talk about I, you talk about we. I remember when I first moved here working at summer camp, uh, kids would say, my house, my place, my this. And we always said, our house, our place, our this. So I think even in the church, it's easy to think about what's good for me. I look out for me versus saying, what about us as a faith community? Or what about the city of Sacramento is us? What about the country is, you know, is us versus me, me, me? Um, so I do think as church, Christians, especially, we have to understand when you look at the scriptures, it's not about one guy doing it all. It is about this concept of Jesus working with the 12 disciples. Then he appoints 70 disciples in Luke 10 to go out and preach the gospel. Like none of it is done, you know, one person by themselves. I've heard somebody say, you know, Christianity is not a lone ranger idea. You know, you don't just go out and do the, everything by yourself. Um, uh, we live in community. Um, even in Sacramento, uh, Jennifer and I are fortunate to, you know, end up having our names attached to a lot of things. But we have a really great ministry team. We have staff that love their jobs. We have volunteers that love their jobs. Even in the midst of COVID, we had volunteers that are seniors still coming out and helping count kettles and f just find ways of serving uh, when they could have sat home and, you know, decided to sit home and do nothing. Uh, so, yeah, community makes everything work. Um, we're just fortunate to be maybe the, the captains on the team, but we just have a really, really good team. 
Can't you can't you hear his heart, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm getting yeah, and also the joy in 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 his char- your character comes through. You know, Captain Masango. Uh, one of our goals at National Publications has always been uh, to develop writers. I know way back when I had the opportunity to write on a regular basis for the War Cry, and I never thought I would end up doing what I'm doing today. Uh, but I was just wondering, uh, what do you think about this opportunity that's been given to you? Uh, what what what's kind of shaping your heart and your mind? And and uh, I mean, when you first saw your first byline, what was what was that experience for you? Wow, it was really, really exciting. Um, yeah, around my office, I was joking and asking people if they wanted a signed copy. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, my boss in our DC, he lives uh, in our neighborhood. So I, I signed three copies and gave them to his daughter to take home. <laughs> it was really <laughs> funny. Um, but anyways, it, uh, on a serious note, though, it's a real honor to be able to write. Um, I've always enjoyed writing when I was in school. I would always be writing short stories and you know, a lot of um, creative fictional stuff. Um, and then over the last few years, I'm one of those people that started a blog and then you know fizzled after about six months. Um, but I've always enjoyed writing. I, I, sometimes I write a lot, but all this stuff is just saved on my computer. Uh, it doesn't really get published. And so for me, this is an opportunity to use the gifts that God has given me, but not just the gift, but hopefully uh, a message that's going to make a difference uh, in the life of a person, especially uh, talking about grace. I think the grace that I have experienced, the grace I try to, uh, you know, uh, express and send, uh, extend to others, I hope this is going to make a difference in somebody's life. Um, I always remember sometimes the sermons that came just at the right time or the article you read just at the right time. I'm just hoping that God is going to use this as well to touch and uh, change somebody's life. Well, we would encourage you to take those things off your hard drive, look at them, dust them off, and uh, send them our way because we have other other ways uh, and other means for perhaps for your voice to be heard. So we, we want to encourage you for that. We've been uh, interviewing, uh, we interviewed uh, Cap, uh, uh, Major Annalise Francis and Major Ruth New, who are also uh, new additions to our team who are on the field and, and they're very ministries. And that's one of our joys here is when we see and hear these hearts they're in tune with God and the, the relevancy of the needs of, that, are, that are out there with people and how the Lord has led you so far uh, and what will happen in this column as you go forward. Just know that this column and this magazine ends up in the hands of people that you and I will never meet. And there will be people in heaven one day that will be shaking your hand going, thanks for writing that. So we encourage you to just continue to to keep sharing your heart. Uh, we'll wordsmith things. Uh, Jeff rips my stuff apart all the time. Constantly. It's easy. That's the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> the hard part's the writing. The hard part's the writing, but it's, it's important. And I just really want, I want people to understand that uh, the war cry exists. It's, it's for us in the Salvation Army, and we need to hear from other officers and soldiers and employees, just like yourself, who have a story to tell uh, and who uh, we all just need to stop and listen. 
and uh, we we thank you for uh, taking this on because we know you you've got a full plate with uh, what you're doing there, and uh, and you got to get busy fixing that trampoline. And, oh you know, yeah, for those boys. Yeah, the kids have been asking, "Can we get on it?" No, <laughs> we need to get another one. <laughs> Jeff, I'm wondering if you had any other questions for Captain Mister. I'm just um, wondering, you know, a plug for the work rise. I'm glad you're distributing it to your family members and your fa- your fans. Do you have? Uh, are you using the work ride in any way in, in the core? Uh, yes, we are. Um, we try once a month to do. Um, drive around to all of our core members' house and drop a little gift, and then we'll add the wall cry to it. Um, so that's one of the things we've been doing. Uh, we're hoping once we reopen, ch- we're going to get back to in-person church services here in, in March um, outside. Uh, we hope we can that will help us uh, get even more people, uh, have the magazine more in the hands of more people. And I've gotten a lot of comments, too, from people that saw the articles uh, from last month, my wife actually posted something on Facebook, and I got more people saying, "Oh, I, I want a copy." And so, so I think we'll, we'll be able to get get the word out uh, quite a bit. Well, the the message is so important for our world today. So, thank you for helping penetrate with the word and lead people into uh, faith. And as Colonel said, you never know where this ends up, and our prayer is that it ends up where it's needed. Captain, I'm I'm wondering if you have any last words that you might want to share with our listeners. Uh, for sure. Um, I just want to say this, you know, whole concept of grace, just be praying and saying, God, help me to get it and not just get it mentally, but to actually get to live it and practice out. I think when we understand how much grace we have received from God and we continue to receive from God every day, when we get that, it makes it a little easier to then extend and express that grace to others. Um, again, I always remember of the, the family members or the people at church that came to me when I was a child, when I was struggling, whether they gave us money or they gave us food or clothing, or sometimes it was just a prayer. However, they extended grace to me. It gave me the, um, you know, the, the strength to go on another day. And today it gives me the strength to serve others in need because of, you know, the grace that, that I've experienced. Well, we thank you, Captain Masengo, for coming on and spending a few moments moments with us out of your busy schedule today. And thank you to your wife and to your family and to your ministry there in Sacramento, California. Uh, we pray God's blessings on you, and we look forward to future contributions that you have to share with us in 2021 on the spiritual formation section of the War Cry. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Jeff, Elizabeth, and thank you, Colonel, especially for reaching out to me. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us, The War Cry, at www.thewarcry.org and Peer Magazine at www.peermag.org. Those are our two publications that we encourage you to read as they're online. But you also can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. And Elizabeth does a great job making sure there's all kinds of great stuff out there. And even on LinkedIn. And good Captain Masango, you've gotten a lot of likes on our LinkedIn page. A lot of people are excited that you're uh, you're one of our new authors. So good for you on that. 
We also encourage you to take the the War Cry wherever you are and go with it. And you could subscribe to the War Cry. Very easy, easy to do at www.thewarcry.org. It's only a buck a month, or you can pick up a copy of the War Cry at your local Salvation Army unit in your community. We thank you for being a faithful listener. Tell your friends about the Fight for Good podcast. Also, tell them about our new podcast, our sister podcast, The Youngsters are talking on the battle line. Well, until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.